This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features, they are completely free. So enjoy those on us. Uh, again, that is freetalklive.com. Lots to talk about as always. Of course, your calls are the primary element. We've talked a little bit about New Hampshire activism over the past day or so. There's been a lot going on. You're going to hear a lot more, I think, this week than you have all year about New Hampshire activism because, well, tomorrow at this time we're going to be broadcasting live from the New Hampshire Liberty Forum. We'll tell you more about that coming up in a bit, but that's going to take up the rest of the week, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday night shows. Yesterday, we had some activism happening here in Keene, courtroom activism involving a, a, a videographer who was arrested for videoing. <laughs> I mean, it was crazy. You can listen to last night's show if you want to get all the details on that. But today, as we mentioned last night, there was a, a major rally that occurred. And, Mark, you were there. Yep. I didn't spot you there, Wayne. I guess you were doing something else. Yeah, I got up at 6.30 to go, and some stuff came up at home. I couldn't go, so unfortunately... You know, I don't I feel was... like you missed very much. I, I really don't. And I wanted to kind of reflect on the, the day's events and the activities. Now, I want to talk, first of all, about what was great about today. Uh, there were hundreds of people there. Yeah. At least 200, maybe 250. Uh, I don't know, Mark, have you heard anybody throwing numbers around? I I couldn't. Uh, yeah, I would have guessed 400. I, I don't know, though. Well, there are people going in and out, I'm there sure. There were a lot of people, and they arrive different times, and you know how that goes. So I don't. It, it's difficult to say. And I'm no expert at estimating crowd sizes, but I was standing up on this stairwell and looking down on everybody else, and somebody that was I was next to said, well, they basically look and they see what 10 people looks like, and then they kind of see how many of those there are. And mm-hmm. judging on that at that time, and this was fairly early on, there were probably at least a, at least 150 people there. And then later, there were more people there. It's probably at, It probably was at least 250 people, I would say, at one any one given moment were there. Were there 400 total the, the entire time? Easily, I would say. It was a huge group. Yeah, I would say easily 400 total people throughout the entire occasion. I'm actually not even sure how long it lasted. Cold day, um, you know, it, uh, a rally that uh, for, you know, the kind of bill that, you know, it's constitutional uh, resolution. It's not mm-hmm. even a bill that would necessarily do anything. So, you know, I, can, I, I, I think it was a great crowd. And, of course, we're talking about, you mentioned it's a constitutional re- uh, resolution. We haven't really talked about what it is. Mark, can you describe um, or was, H- I guess. HCR 6. <laughs> uh, it was a resolution to uh, sort of uh, you know, reaffirm the Ninth and Tenth Amendments of the United States Constitution, uh, basically saying that New Hampshire and all other states have the right to nullify the Constitution if it's been broken by any of the parties, one of those parties being the federal government, and then goes to list some of the uh, ways that uh, it has been broken at this point and basically draws a line in the sand. Any further breaking of the Constitution will result in, uh, you know, us leaving. Exactly. And so a lot of people showed up in favor of this. In fact, the crowd was packed full of free staters and other liberty-minded individuals here in New Hampshire. And apparently it was also teeming with uh, individuals who were there to give it to the Democrats good or something. You know, it was kind of a the partisan people were also there. In fact, from what I understand, later on after this outdoor rally, and again, as you mentioned, Mark, it was very cold this morning. So to have 300 people show up on a morning like this was pretty amazing. I mean, 
they could have been doing plenty of other things with their time, like staying warm, uh, but they all came out. So they, they definitely deserve credit. These people were pretty hardcore. However, later on, apparently, they had the uh, the, the internal house goings on because the, the purpose of the rally was to be seen by the representatives, so-called representatives, prior to them arriving to actually debate this piece of legislation and then vote on it. Right. And so after the outdoor rally, the activists apparently moved indoors. Now, I was not there for this. You and I took off, Sam and uh, a couple other... We were there for the rally. Yeah. So we left, and people did go inside. A whole lot of people did, I guess, fill in the hallways and fill in the, the, the hearing chamber where they have their little bills and they talk about things. And so they went in there, and I guess when the actual vote occurred, people have been critical... Because certain individuals were very huffy, were very nasty. Apparently, certain individuals who were at the rally, basically. They, I guess, shoved their way out of the building, from what I understand. Who shoved? I don't understand. Literally, literally, the the people that were very upset at the vote, which was to kill the bill, Mm -hmm. apparently pushed their way out of the building. Hmm. Sort of, you know, shoving people aside or... Being just mean and nasty to people, and it it left a bad taste, right, completely understandably so, left a bad taste in a lot of the activists' mouths. Mm -hmm. Now, who were those people? I don't know. I wasn't there. It's my understanding that they were people that were kind of the Republican hardcore... Partisans. The partisans, exactly. Now, um, you know, I I sort of understand where those people might be coming from in the sense that... Well, you know, this is this was simply a resolution to reaffirm the Ninth and Tenth Amendments. I mean, who could possibly say no to that? It's the Constitution of the United States. I mean, how how could we not pass that? But, and politics is an ugly, ugly situation. It's yeah. an ugly business. People get very. It is very personal. It is. It's personal people, because people use violence, uh, the violence of the state, in order to force other people um, yeah. to do what they want. I mean, people think that uh, you know the reason you shouldn't talk about politics is it's uh, you know it's 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 a little ugly. No, it's not. It's violent, and nasty. So did today end up just being some sort of partisan exercise, or was there something more significant going on here today? That's the that's the ultimate question. I don't know if I have an exact answer. I felt like there was some good building of activist community today in that people new people were there new faces were there we got to to meet new people and some of the uh, some of the speakers from the New Hampshire Liberty Forum were actually present for this like Adam Kokish from Iraq Iraq uh, Veterans Against the War who gave a pretty rousing speech yeah. I would say Angela uh, Angela Keaton, Keaton from uh, antiwar.com who's uh, you know the microphone wasn't exactly working for her but really yeah. all she needed to say was I'm Angela Keaton from antiwar.com and that pretty much got the message across and, and I can people say, were happy to see her there were people that were happy to see her, but you could tell the partisans were definitely in the crowd when Angela got less applause than did some of the more, mm, I don't know, obviously Republican people that mm-hmm. got up there, like the, what do they call him, the Patriot Pastor. There's this guy that always wears his tri-corner hat. Mm-hmm. There was him and then uh, Representative uh, Dan Itza, who sponsored the legislation, who made sure to point out that this is not about secession. This is about restoring the republic or something. That, that wasn't his exact phrase. But he did say it wasn't about secession. And he did say that it, what it was essentially about was, you know, the whole concept of, well, uh, we, we do love the federal government and we want to fix it. And uh, the, the federal, federal government would be great if we could just get the right people in there. And that's kind of the attitude that I got from 
the partisans. Right, right. And I wonder, think about this for a minute. Let's just say that Bush was still in the White House or McCain had won. Do you think those Republican partisans would have been on this on that side of that bill? Nope. No. Nope. And do you think the Democrats there been would have a bill? Do you think that the majority of Democrats in the state house would have voted it down if Bush were still in office? Probably not. No, and it probably, I mean I haven't seen the details yet, but it probably split on close to party lines. Yeah. There's probably some crossover here and there, but that's probably where this thing went. It did. I, I looked. And it's just another example, uh, to me at least, of why it is that politics is the most inefficient means to an end. The end that we're looking for, those of us who love freedom, is more liberty in our lifetime. And whether that means a, an incredibly small government, as uh, Mark might, might enjoy, or a no-government situation, self-government situation, as I might prefer, either way, that would be a preferred direction to go in. But it doesn't seem like... Even something that is as exciting to liberty activists as this piece of legislation did much at all, or at least it doesn't seem like the activism that surrounded it, did much at all to change how it would have turned out had we not done absolutely, I mean, I mean, had we just picked up the phones instead of everybody showing up at 8 in the morning well, for this I, event. I, I agree with you from a... Because I would have preferred to sleep in. I, I agree with you from a political standpoint. <laughs> I'm tired However, right now. I, I get you. I, I, <laughs> and, you know, some days when you're tired, it's it's difficult to, yeah. uh, to, to, to rouse up the energy. However, I think it was a huge recruiting opportunity for the Free State Project. Many of, peop- many of the people that have moved for the Free State Project are essentially, you know, converted Republicans, ultra-conservative types that have uh, seen the light. And I think that this... This will give them the opportunity and the reason to move. Maybe so, but if it gets them here just so they start shouting like what happened today, the, the chanting that went on, ugh. Uh, well, I guess everybody, you know, comes at their own pace. More coming up. You bring up anything. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, the toll-free number for you to bring up anything, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And those features include archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, click and download. They are completely free right there on the front page of the website. For your download and convenience at freetalklive.com. Now, I mentioned the New Hampshire Liberty Forum earlier, and I'll tell you a little bit more about it right now. It's actually happening starting tomorrow in Nashua, New Hampshire at the beautiful Crown Plaza Hotel. Same place it happened last year, and this year it should be bigger and better. Uh, It's my understanding the hotel has sold out. So if you're planning on attending, apparently there is a hotel across the street, and details on it and a possible discount for being involved in the Liberty Forum are available at freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum, as well as a full schedule of the events. If you're going to be up in the New England uh, area and you want to meet hundreds of like-minded individuals, hundreds of people who care about liberty, and also some of the special guest speakers that they're going to have, it's quite a list. You can come by and come out for a day, come out for an afternoon. You can purchase a la carte tickets, and it's a great time. I highly recommend you show up. We're going to be there all weekend long, again, broadcasting live Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Wayne, you're coming out for the entire weekend? Friday and part of Saturday. Good enough. It's a good time. As much as you can be there for, you'll want to because these are great people to be around. The the activist movement here in New Hampshire is just amazing. And unless you've actually plugged into it, unless you've actually experienced what it's like to be around this many like-minded people and feel what that synergy is like, 
all you can really do is imagine it from where you are. If all you've ever done is is listen to us talk about it on this show, you owe it to yourself to give this a try. So come on out to the Liberty Forum at freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. You can get more information about it there. I look forward to seeing you this weekend. And you won't have to explain yourself to anybody. No. I'll just know. Everybody's starting off from pretty much the same page, though there are definitely some disagreements between the free staters and the liberty community. I mean, as we were talking about before, there are certain individuals that are interested in a smaller government, but they still hold some sort of love for the concept of coercing their neighbor into obeying their rules. I think it's a practicality stance. That's, I'm pretty sure where they're You can call it whatever you want there, pal. It's still force. (laughs) There we go. Uh, And there are those that could really care less whether we descend into a black chaos that we may not get out of for a millennia, as long as we have freedom. That's right. Freedom is chaos, Mark. You keep perpetuating that myth. I'm just saying, there are those that don't care. You have said on the air yourself that like, you don't care if we were to descend into chaos, you're still for freedom. Freedom. Um, I'm sorry, I don't think that's the case. Yeah, yeah, that's what you said. I do not believe that anything would descend into chaos. So, I believe that right now, if you want chaos, that's what you have. You have a situation where men and women calling themselves government, wearing uniforms, uh, fancy hats and badges and robes and things like that, men and women wearing costumes and calling themselves the government are enforcing their chaotic ways upon those of us peaceful individuals who are just trying to live out our lives and enjoy ourselves. If lawlessness would result in more... Uh, uh, untimely deaths, more injuries, and more property crimes, would you be for or against a small government? I don't see how it is that having no I'm government could you, result, I, sir, in that. any fewer deaths than we currently I'm have today, you what you than think. the millions of deaths that the governments around the world have caused. I don't think there's any way that private criminals could kill more people than the government criminals. Not even close on that count. Oh, I concur, absolutely. Then However, there you have it. Then your situation, you just concurred that your scenario is ludicrous. No, I didn't so invalid. concur that my scenario is ludicrous. What I'm telling you is that uh, the governments certainly do when they get the force of arms behind them and build militaries. Mm. They certainly kill lots oh, of people. Oh, that's right. You're going to um, abolish the government's militaries from around the world, right, Mark? Well, no. You no. only abolish the government's military that you're in. Yeah, okay. That's fine. It, you know, you then didn't they'll answer, still you go after the question because you're still scared go, of answering the question. You know, it's not all about the military, though. Then, there's, then they're going to go after the Amish people, and they're going to go after everybody that's disobedient to them with their police force, not the military. If the men with guns will still be there, Mark, would result in more deaths, more property crimes, would you be for it or against it? We have lawlessness right now. No, we don't. Yes, we do. We have men with uh, guns going around enforcing their way on innocent, harmless, peaceful individuals. Well, we also have a set of laws that's supposed to limit what the federal government and state governments do, and they're not following those at all. So, sure aren't. There, there is lawlessness on that side as well, probably more so than on the private in the private sector. The I, local look, boys I'm don't not know their own here, laws. Uh, arguing for the government that we have. Absolutely well, you are. not. No, I'm not. <laughs> no, I'm arguing he's arguing for, for the concept of government. His perfect vision of what government should be in his mind. This wonderfully somewhat benevolent uh, institution that would treat people with far more respect but still lock them into cages if they disagreed. I don't think I'm They'd for, respectfully lock you in much, a cage, right? Not, not for that much for uh, cages. I mean, I'd rather be respectfully locked into a cage than thrown into a cage. I mean, that's a little nicer when you hold my hand through the uh, the rape, I suppose, of my freedom. But nonetheless, so as I say, there are people that disagree within the uh, the liberty movement. Yes, they do. Um, make and, for a good show. Yeah, and uh, you know, it can make for some interesting conversations. 
So, again, uh, today there were a lot of activists out and about uh, here in New Hampshire. And, you know, Mark, you, you made a good point that this resolution that did not pass, the purpose of which was to essentially draw a line in the sand to say to the federal government, hey, you guys have gone too far. We've had it up to here and we're not going to take it anymore. Well, it, it didn't pass. But you did make the point that the news that has been generated from this has been positive uh, as, as far as positive in that it's pointed people in the direction of New Hampshire as a as a potential for some serious change in the in the direction of more freedom that could result in more people finding the free state project in fact we were driving around today uh the young gentleman that we had in our car with us we were carpooling back explained that he found the free state project because he found Ron Paul he had uh, spotted Ron Paul speaking on the uh, one of the earlier presidential debates, and he noticed that the phone poll—I guess it was Fox News or whatever bureauc- or whatever uh, media company it was that was covering it—he noticed that Ron Paul was winning the exit polls, essentially, from these debates where they they had little cell phone polls. And he thought, "Huh, that's funny. Who is this guy?" And he went and he looked into him, and I guess one thing led to another, and he found himself the Free State Project, and now here he is in in New Hampshire, which I I just think is fantastic. So I think you're right, Mark. I think that there are going to be people people inevitably who are pretty excited by all this and are probably going to come up here, and hopefully they will be as turned off eventually as I am by some of the behavior that I saw occurring widely at this particular event today, the chanting. I just... You know, somebody said at one well, point... Well, when you've got a big crowd like that, chanting's for... You know, that, that makes some sense. You, uh, you, I mean, if you just stand out there quietly, what, what, what's so bad about chanting? It seems mindless. It seems like groupthink to me. I, I remember somebody describing in during one of the president I think it was this recent presidential campaign, describing the two sides. You know, I don't even know what the sides were. It could have been, you know, McCain people versus Ron Paul people. It could have been Obama versus McCain or Ron Paul. It, it could have been any one of them. All of the groups do the same thing. They chant their candidate's name over and over again, and it's it's chanting. You know, chanting chanting is a is, is a it's an element of brainwashing. And and when people are chanting, I just don't feel like they're thinking too hard. And in addition, it just sounds as this one person put it. And I wish I could cite who it was. It was brilliant. It sounds like a bunch of screaming monkeys, like two sides of hairless screaming monkeys yelling at one another. And this is supposed to be civilized. I don't know. I just I I am turned off by You're it. You're making the chanting mean something. It was just I'm turned chanting. off by it. That's all I'm telling you. It seems mindless to me. I'd love your thoughts at that uh, or on that rather 800-259-9231 you can bring up whatever you want i was looking around and i noticed very few people from the keen area were engaging in the chanting it's i did a little life. chanting are you moving to new hampshire for the free state project maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own mark warden the porcupine realtor will help you find the perfect property do you want a home with 50 acres of land how about an income producing building perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. The toll-free number for you to bring up whatever you want is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are completely free, so enjoy those, including the bulletin board system. We've got over 400,000 posts. There's a lot to talk about. Serious issues to fun stuff. You find it all free if you go over to uh, bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. 
Collections.com. Do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? SACL CAI does collections, early outbilling, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep your clients, too. SACL CAI. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. It's the first banner on the right-hand side. So we continue with your phone calls about whatever you want. Let's talk to John in New Hampshire. John, you're on Free Talk Live. Gentlemen. Hey, what's hey, John. on today? Hello. Hey, John. I was at that rally today. You Saw are. You? You're, you were, rather. Uh, there's a fun thing that happened. I met a few folks, brand new faces. Now, I think it's a bunch of mealy mouth nonsense crap. The, the, the resolution that they wanted was about, oh, they've gone far enough and we can draw the line in the sand at this point and then we're okay now i had the most extreme sign that said u.s out of new hampshire and nice. the first speaker the, the the guy itsy uh, i respect him for what he's doing and all that and he he said that's not about recession secession uh, uh, i mean secession pardon me uh, i can appreciate that but i hung around there i only went there for I thought I was going to hang around for an hour and a half or something and do the rally, and then I went inside the state house. I don't usually do that. Um, and then I hung around for a couple hours after. I hung out with a guy 30 years old, first time that he's ever. He's hung out on the forums on, on uh, freekeen.com and mm-hmm. H Underground, and he's been poking around and doing this stuff 30 years old. But it's funny, the thing that he had uh, th- that related to me he just had he just had his first child. Hmm. His perspective changed. What are we leaving for our children? There was another dude that hung around with us, twenty years old. He drove four hours from New <clears throat> from New York. Jeez. There was a dude, four hour drive, and he came up there. Um, awesome, awesome people to meet. And some folks went to the local restaurant as they always do. All that stuff around the state house. I did my part as an activist to just hang around and touch base with people. I think that's great too. That's some of the things that that's one of the things I enjoyed the most about this morning, and and that I enjoy about these occasions. While I find the politics to be detestable, and I certainly don't agree with uh, many of the political viewpoints of the proponents who are just simply looking to modify the state rather than uh, get rid of it. There is some some good networking that goes on and, and meet and greets. And as you say, John, there are always new people, new faces yeah, coming here to New Hampshire. The, you just mentioned the Patriot Pastor. He's a guy that does something and, and whatever the, the, the angle he has on it, uh, it's awesome. I, I'm of the opinion that, as you and Mark and others have stated, that if there were Republicans that were elected into office in a national uh, to, to, to the presidency and such, that these people would not be there doing that. And then the Democrats would be against it. Sure, they had and if, eight and, full and years. If, and if, if McCain had won, there would be Democrats there doing what these people did today. So it's kind of political games, and it's kind of smelly, and it's, pardon me, it sucks. Yeah. yeah I, <laughs> this, guy, this guy, 30 years old, he's a native New Hampshire guy. Uh, the 20-year-old that came from New York, he came here because he heard of that. And, and although I don't find much value in the secession, or so-called secession uh, bill, uh, this guy came all the way from New York. I hung out with him and these other guys, 
and that that other guy had never heard of the Free State Project. Interesting. And we talked to him, you know, about even the New Hampshire guy that who who was not even plugged into the Free State Project or anything like that. He was just like into freedom. He he just had his first child and start starts to uh, look at what the hell are we leaving for our children, and then. This woman Jackie, I don't recall her first, her last name. She's like the first uh, mover of the Free State Project mm-hmm. came out, and she's pretty cool. We I think had that awesome when you... conversations. She's a you know she's a uh, a nice looking lady, that, and we had so so there were young ugly guys like me, and there were nice looking women like them. I think it really helps. There was that... a nice mix of real people. Yep, talking about hey. If you come to New Hampshire, dude, and we're talking to this 20-year-old guy, he drove four hours just because he was real hopeful. And I said, you know, I'm sorry about that. I didn't I didn't think it ever had any chance of passing because mm-hmm. there's a Democrat in the White House and there's a Democrat-controlled legislature. Sad but true. It's not yeah. going to happen. Yep. But you know what? The, the, the real value and, 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 and those young people, they got to meet Dave Ridley. They got to meet that patriot pastor. They got to meet, you know, a whole wide variety of real yeah. people with boots, uh, as they call them, boots you know, on, feet the on the ground. Not boot, I don't, you I don't know, boots. John, I think on the ground, I think that's a really valuable point. People. I mean, what you're saying is that these people came up here, and instead of just coming to a rally and then watching as the bill got uh, shot down in flames, and then walking Which away shocked. feeling defeated, they got to meet some of these great liberty activists. That otherwise, I mean, if this had, if this had happened without the Free State Project, that event would have been half the size. If it, if it ever would have Ian, happened at all. Ian, Ian, the thing is, this does not happen in other states, and this is what these other people said. Somewhere else, go down and defeat and go home, feel defeated. The, the, the 30-year-old guy, he felt like, yeah, it sucked. It felt like a punch in the gut to him to see that go down. It's his first time. He's always been the guy on his computer at home doing the thing, and he hangs out with us on, on, on the forum, but he's never actually come out. And now he came out today and met people. And he said, you know, this is just so awesome. And I told that dude from New York, I said, you never heard of the Free State Project? I'll tell you what, when you, when you finally learn about it and you move here, you've got an instant community of friends. There's and no doubt about it. I don't, don't want to the... carry on with that because yep. you know the Hey, story. John, I have a question for you. Uh, I'm just curious. Do you think I was out of line with my critique about the chanting that was going on today? How do you feel about that? Um, I'm not going to post my YouTube video but on on where I did that. The chanting was kind of an anti-Obama thing. And I yeah. was saying as I was recording... I think we have a bunch of angry Republicans who would not be here if McCain had won. That's right. I don't know. The chanting thing, yeah, that's a bit much. But the Ron Paul guys chanted his name, too, and it's just what people in politics do. It's part of the whole game, and a lot of what I just they find it was, distasteful. Was yes- well, it's, it's like it's cheerleading. It's, it's you know, this is all... You, you see it in sports, you see it in cheerleading, that's why they have yeah. cheerleaders. That's a great point. There's some ugly cheerleaders out there chanting today, let me tell Ian, you. With hairy Ian, legs. What, what it's really doing is try to get you to not think, yeah. just to get you emotional. And you know what? Yep. In fairness to them, this is the reason I write songs. It's to try to touch the emotion. They're doing this thing from the status position, mm-hmm. but people are conditioned all their life 
their government school educations, get them to think that, you know, if I pledge allegiance to the flag, and in the end it says liberty and justice for all, and like I was saying to these two young guys, where is that? So the chanting is kind of... Um, it, 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 it's partly mind control. Yep, sure. I'm with you. Thank sure. you, John. Great you call. Know, you know, it's basically from a, a contrived dialectical paradigm that makes people think that, well, you're either in this camp or you're in that camp. Mm. And so, you know, you're not thinking. When, when everyone in a group is thinking alike, then pe- somebody's not thinking. And that's what I like about libertarians is that they disagree even within the elements of libertarianism, which means they're thinking. Which well, is very valuable. The I other, agree the with other, you on that. The other thing I want to say about today was that if you remember a few years ago, you guys weren't here yet, but we had that major rally and the vote on the anti-real ID bill. Yep. Well, the first time it didn't pass. It was similar to this. So it could still something like this could still pass muster in a year or two. 800-259-9231. You're welcome to share your thoughts on what happened today in New Hampshire. Or you can bring up whatever it is that's on your mind. This is your show. 800-259-9231. Uh, this is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. The toll-free number is available to you to bring up anything at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. Ed Wayne. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. As we continue taking your phone calls about anything, we will go to Gene, the Christian anarchist in Tennessee. Gene, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, I want to take uh, um, Mark to task there for being a fascist. But first, Please. before I do that, uh, uh, I wanted to uh, talk about the chanting. Please, and I say yes. that uh, I'm a pro-chanter. I kind of like really? the chanting because it shows solidarity. It shows, and you're right. All of your points about it being brainwashing and all this stuff. And but you could show solidarity with applause lines in a speech. People could applaud. I mean, that's I think a lot more solid without being mindless. Well, that's true, and and I always think that chanting is mindless when it's the Obama people and the and the other you know. Right. But when people. it's my guys, they're saying the right thing. <laughs> now, hold on, yeah, Ian, when it's my guys, wh- it's different. What's you know? smarter and more intellectual about applauding as opposed to chanting? Uh, you're, I just don't feel like it's Nothing. as brainwashing. One of them is smacking your hands together. The other one is using your vocal cords. You want to make a noise? If you want to make noise, I think it's a, I think it's just a, a more sensible way to to approach it. I'm open to other ideas. I just don't think chanting is the way to go about it. Why doesn't everybody just grunt together? Yeah, why not shriek like monkeys? (laughs) See, you can shriek shriek the loudest. I mean, we're really not that different, are they? Or are we, rather? We're not that different from monkeys? Not really. At this point. That's my two cents worth. Now now I want to take on Mark here. All right, let him have it. Mark, you gave that question to Ian earlier. You posed the question. You you kind of felt that you had the upper hand because you said... uh, uh, would you still want freedom if it meant that there would be more death and more property damage? And Ian kind of skated around the question and really wouldn't answer it, but I'm not going to skate. I'm going to give you a straight answer. I'm listening. Yes. Yep. The answer is absolutely positively yes. I'll take freedom over slavery any day. I don't care if it means that a lion may jump out of a tree and eat me or eat my children or eat my wife. I have at least a chance of defending myself against the lions. I've got at least a chance of defending myself against the uh, the local thugs and gangs. 
I have absolutely no chance of defending myself against the IRS. That's a great point. You know, Gene, I did answer his question the first time he asked it of me on a different show. I wanted to approach it from a uh, from a different perspective tonight and, and focus on how ludicrous it was in the first place. Because anybody who studies the marketplace even a little bit can tell that the market does things far better than the government does. And so in the absence of government coercion, we'd have uh, far better protection and safety. And uh, Mark knows that's true, but nah, he's just being I, I argumentative. Somewhat, I remain somewhat unconvinced when it comes to, uh, you know, aspects of... You live in a town where there are no cops, Mark, and you're not dead yet. I am not dead yet. However, they... Well, he might be dead. He might be dead? We don't know for sure. (laughs) He's dead inside. And just think of the machine guns you could buy. Ian's suggesting that as as though police never go through our town. My town is cheap. That's Mm -hmm. all. And they don't hardly ever cops. I've, I've driven on the roads in New Hampshire, and there are hardly ever, hardly ever state troopers. Anywhere to be found. Yeah, the people from Vermont say that we have uh, more, far more cops in this uh, state than they do over there. They got a lot of cops in the cities, but not in the, uh, not on the back roads and not on the state state roads. I just don't see them. And there's a few problems with the with the question anyway. Number one is I don't believe it would be more dangerous without the state. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing. Number two. Even if it were more dangerous, it would probably only be slightly more dangerous. I can't imagine that it would be a great deal more dangerous. You know, so I just, the the whole question, it's not a very good question, but the answer is an unequivocal yes. Yes, I would take freedom, even if it was more dangerous. Well said, sir. Any other thoughts? Um, The economy. I wanted to uh, mention to people that they need to wake up, because there's uh, a lot of people sitting on things for sale, Mm -hmm. and they just, they don't want to drop the price to sell them. I mean, if you've got something that you need to sell, you need to find the market value of that and get rid of it because each day you sit on it, it's getting to be worth less and less. Yep, I paid the price for that. When I was selling my house, I I got an offer and I turned it down and then it was months and months later before something else came came up and I had to drop my price by $20,000 by that point. I heard somebody call it uflation. Everything you want to sell is going down in value. Everything you want to buy is going up. Well, not everything. There are things I'm buying that are going down, but I'm not buying them right away. I'm waiting for people to lower their prices. Yeah. They're, they're, people have not realized what their what the value of these things are just yet. Well said, Gene. Thanks for the call, as always. 800-259-9231. Let's talk to Ken in Colorado. Ken, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, your volume is really low. I can't understand everything you're saying. I apologize. Uh, hopefully the uh, network will be able to correct that. Ken, go ahead with your thoughts. Yeah, they just did. Okay, great. Um, well, I got abducted by a blue light gang Monday night. Oh, dear. I thought you were going to talk about a good abduction story. All right, go ahead. you have any aliens involved here? Um, well, I was an alien. I came from another state. Mm. I, uh, I had gone to visit my mother for her birthday, and I took her out to dinner. And, uh, after dinner, we were on the way home. Uh, she, she lives kind of out in the boonies away from places we would have like to go, so I took her about uh, 40 miles away for dinner. Did you have a birthday permit for this, Ken? No, absolutely not. You needed to file some paperwork with the city uh, before you were going to enter their city limits to let them know you were planning on taking your mom out for birthday uh, for birthday cake, and you know you have to pay extra if it's going to be a dinner on top of that. Absolutely. I'm kidding, of course. Birthday permits don't exist <laughs> yet. Right. Well, they're coming. Right. So anyway, we were on the way home, and... Uh, uh, we got the lights in the mirror. This was just <laughs> after we pulled off of one 
highway onto another highway, and the lights were in the mirror. The guy pulled me over. We went through the regular routine of, do you know why I stopped you? And I said, no. And you he need said, to make well, money for the government? <laughs> more or less it. Uh, he said, uh, well, you crossed the line back there. And uh, uh, later he told me my eyes looked a little red. And uh, he had me step out of the car. Mm. It's about 20 degrees out, you know, and windy. Sure, that's warm. And and I've got a you know long sleeves pretty much on. Oh jeez. He dragged me out there. He's got me out there for a half an hour oh, wow. before he gets around to doing a sobriety test on. Me. And and by the way, I'll say right up front, I have no reason to lie to you about it. I wasn't drinking. I hadn't had anything at all to drink, which made it even more interesting. You were out with your mother, and, mother after all. <laughs> no, well, where was mom this whole time? We we were. She was in the seat next to me. We were thinking about buying uh, margaritas, but they didn't have a happy hour deal or anything. And I don't pay six bucks for a margarita. Yeah. Okay. So, you get, so uh, being cheap saved you that night. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I, I, you know, I would have gladly blown the, the breathalyzer test for personal reasons, actually, uh, because I would have wouldn't have gotten drunk anyway. But that's beyond the story. Um, so he has me out there for thirty minutes or so, roughly thirty minutes before he even gets around giving me a sobriety test, this business about running my record and this and that, and I've got a clean record. And um, then he gets around to giving me the sobriety test, and about that time, two other Blue Light Gang members drive up in two separate cars. Clearly nothing better um, to do with their time. Well, yeah, you know, it's they, they, you know, they come in groups. That's mm-hmm. the way they work, when they don't have anything else to do. In bunches, at, like uh, grapes. Ten, yeah, 10 o'clock at night, they roll up. So uh, he's just finished the sobriety test and, you know, feeling kind of down on his luck, you know, when these other two cops come up. And so they talk for another few minutes with each other while I'm sitting out there freezing. Gosh. You know, 20 degrees. Did you say anything to him like, hey, uh, I'd like to get back in my car. Thanks very much. Oh, yeah, but they ignored me. Sure. What do you think they would have done uh, had you just uh, gotten back in your car? Oh, they, they would have drawn guns on me. Probably, yeah. So anyway, uh, they, uh, I waited for him to finally come back, and then the uh, the one cop who had actually stopped me, and I think he was from a different gang, a county gang, and the other guys I think from, were from a city gang. Mm-hmm. But anyway, they usually, so, they usually wear their colors on their cars. Did you notice any uh, any of these gang I, signs I on their cars? I think one was black and white, and two were white, but I'm not sure. I see. But anyway, so uh, they. Uh, the one that stopped me went to talk to my mother to explain, I don't know, what what the situation was. Well, Why they weren't such heels. 20 questions. I think it was to ask her 20 questions to find out whether, you know, whether she was in on whatever I was in on that they didn't know what we were in on or something. I don't right. know. <laughs> so anyway, uh, so he goes to ask her 20 questions, and he said something that bothered me, and I don't even remember what it was, and... Uh, I corrected him from about eight feet away, and the other cop told me to shut up. That's nice. Sure. How dare you speak out of turn, yeah. subject, surf? So he, t- yeah. So he turns to me, and uh, I turn to engage him. And Ooh, he tells oh, the suspense is building. Ken, if you're you know, gonna, if you can hang on, I'm gonna bring you back after the news oh, yeah, and we continue sure, your no story. Problem. More with Ken in moments here. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. What happened on the side of the road? Why was it they ended up arresting him? Was it because he talked back to the cop? Because he made a correction to one of the things they might have misstated? 
800-259-9231. to be treated like a human. 800-259-9231, hour two, coming up, Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want as we launch here in hour number two of the program. The toll-free number for you is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features we give to you, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Rolling right back into your phone calls. We're going to continue talking to Ken in Colorado. He called us up last hour, in case you're just tuning in, to tell us that, uh, I don't know when it was. Was it last night, Ken? Oh, yeah, I can recap. You were, uh, um, okay, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, we, I, I'd gone to take my mother to dinner in another state. Uh, we were uh, on the way home from dinner, uh, changing highways uh, on the way home, and I was uh, stopped and uh, told that I had crossed the line and that well, my eyes were red and I was given a field sobriety test, but it took about a half hour for the guy to get around to giving me the field sobriety test. And, all uh, the I, while, I, you were standing out in 20-degree temperatures, and since all right. you were planning on doing was going out to dinner with your mom, you hadn't really dressed particularly warmly. You were not right. uh, th- expecting a trek through the wilderness, and so you were cold. And, and to me, yeah. and I know there's more to your story, but to me, I believe that's torture. I mean, forcing somebody who's not appropriately so. dressed to stand out, I mean, the, the force, forcing somebody to do anything is obviously a bad idea, but forcing them to stand in the elements that they are not prepared to enjoy endure is pretty awful i think so and actually after about 20 minutes i did grab my jacket out of my car and i didn't even think he noticed hmm. and put my jacket on but i was still freezing because i've been out there so long sure you lose and all I your put, heat it's hard to get that back once if you're right, out in the I cold put my gloves on and everything and uh wasn't working too well so he finally had me do the test and uh he was pretty upset that he couldn't uh you know proved that I was what I wasn't, which was inebriated in any way. It was starting to become clear that he was inebriated with power. And uh, so uh, these two other uh, Blue Light gang members come, apparently from a different gang, but I don't know for sure. And uh, they have a little chat before they get back to me, and I don't know how long that took, maybe about five minutes. Then uh, the original uh, gang member decided to talk to my mother, who was my passenger in a passenger seat. And he went over there and talked to her, and uh, he said something that I didn't agree with, and I basically told him so, and I don't remember what it was at all. And at that point, I was uh, confronted by another one of the Blue Light Gang members who told me to shut up, and he got very much in my face. Sure. Uh, you know, he, pers- he uh, if I, not only did he come at me and tell me to stop it, but he also got into my personal space at the same time with his finger. And uh, I told him, don't do that. I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to get me to take a swing at you, and I refuse to to do anything violent. And uh, he said, said, you shut up, blah, 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 blah. I said, Mm. no, really, I know what you're trying to do. And he said, you say one more word, and I'm going to have you arrested. Oh, jeez. And I said, said, one. Ooh. And uh, and (laughs) he he turned me around and and, uh, started to put on the handcuffs and... I put my wrist together, you know, behind my back, and oh, and uh, he kept on repeating, put your hands behind your back, 
while my hands were behind my back, while they were together, I had them, my, my hands around each other, so I know they were together, behind my back, and he kept on repeating, put your hands behind your back. Bizarre. The point at which I yelled to my mother through the window, you see my hands are behind my back, don't you? And uh, at that point, I don't think he started trying to move my wrists in a place where they wouldn't go anymore. What I mean by that is, you know, where they can't physically go. Right, he was like, twisting uh, you. Yeah, yeah, he's trying to twist me, trying to, well, inflicting pain on purpose from what I could gather. Sure. And uh, at that point, he stopped because I guess he, he thought maybe it was obvious, too, that there was an observer and that it was obvious that they were behind my back. Mm -hmm. And so um, they finished putting on the handcuffs, and they started to take me out to one of the cars. And then it occurred to me, well, there's no reason for me to help them abduct me. Um, so I went limp. Oh, wow. And, uh, That's really unusual, by the way. Most people would not do something like that, especially when faced with rogue cops who could, I mean, already they've shown a proclivity toward violence. It seems to me like by him saying over and over again, put your hands behind your yeah, back when they like were already the, there. Um, be, be prepared to have your butt kicked. I'm yeah. covering my bases. Yeah. Right. He's essentially, if, if he's not on video camera at that point, I don't know where he was standing in reference to a camera that might have been mounted in a police car. But if he was not exactly on the video camera, then he could have been saying that to simply make it sound as though you were being disobedient, that you were attempting to resist his demands, and that that's the reason why he did whatever he was going to do, you know, smash your head into he, the side of the car. He could do whatever he wanted to. There were three cops there. They were all going to testify yeah. that the, 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 uh, you know, the perpetrator was uh, belligerent, uh, wouldn't follow instructions, wouldn't put his hands behind his back. They were all going to testify as though they could see everything, and they, they would lie. So you, I mean, this was a really risky move going limp. What happened then? So I went limp, and they told me to get up. And I ignored them. And then they said, stop resisting. And I said, I'm not resisting. I will not resist, and I will not assist. And he said, stop resisting. And oh, I boy. said, I will, not, I will not assist, and I will not resist. That's and, a great line. Uh, and he said, uh, well, this is not Colorado, he said. What? In Missouri, not assisting is interpreted as resisting. Oh, I imagine they would interpret that like, like that in a lot of places. Yeah. And I said, I will not assist, and I will not resist. Finally, I had a fair, I had the most fun I had at that point when they had a great deal of trouble picking me up and carrying me to the car. <laughs> <laughs> the only problem is they can drop you. And that yeah, can, that well, can hurt. Could have. They did kind of drag me. So, uh, yeah, especially with your hands uh, cuffed behind your back. It would be very difficult yeah, to yeah, land. Yeah, really, they had nothing to grab me by. And so, um, no, I meant that if, you, that if they were to drop you, then that would be very difficult for you to land if you had your handcuffs behind your back. But, oh, yeah, I would have, I'm sure. Um, on the other hand, it would have been a nice I, a nice case for police brutality if it exists anymore. Oh, presuming yeah, that they, right. Well, I wouldn't hang my yeah. hat on that one. Yeah, that would presume yeah. that they would be punished for being brutal to you, and I don't right. know if you, I would expect anything like that. And then the, also, oh. you have to assume that... that you're not in the line of their camera because, you know, if there's ever a lawsuit, that the attorneys are going to get a copy of that camera from the car. And if, right. not, if you can't be seen within that range of that camera, then it's your word against theirs, and you know what, how that yep. goes. You know how many of uh, those right. camera tapes have been, uh, you know, the, 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 the footage has been lost? Oops. Well, we don't yeah. know what happened to it. Anytime, that, you know. your, that and I think you're right about what they say to deceive the camera. Because I saw that in that other case with that guy that shot the cop back in um, in New Hampshire the first time he was abducted by the Blue Light Gang. Um, 
they were saying stuff that he wasn't doing, and you could see it on the camera that they weren't That's that he scary. wasn't behaving that way. But anyway, uh, so um, so they, they carried they, you. They, they, you know, they dragged me to the car, and then they told me to get in the car. <laughs> and uh, I said, I will not assist, and I will not resist. <laughs> get it through your head, and, numb skulls. Right. And then they said, get in the car, or we'll mace you. Oh, jeez. And at that point, I decided, well, if they're willing to threaten violence, of course they are. they're probably willing to do it. Mm, yeah. And so they would probably um, enjoy they would probably yep. enjoy every moment of it. Those six sadistic effers. Right. So I got in the car, and uh, then they went and talked to my mother before. And my mother told me after the fact that she played the hysterical mother on purpose because she wanted to uh, to kind of uh, scare them into not. How should I put it? She wanted to make them feel uh, little if they didn't already feel little, so they probably, you know, were less likely to beat me when they took me to the jail. Mm -hmm. So uh, she played the hysterical mother on purpose. And uh, uh, then they came back and they said, give me your keys. One of the cops said, give me your (laughs) keys. And I ignored him. And uh, he said, oh, I'll just take them. And he took them and he took the keys off my belt. And I was thinking to myself, well, that's kind of funny because... My keys in my pocket. My car key was in my pocket, I thought. <laughs> well, I was wrong. It wasn't in my pocket. It was actually on my belt. Uh. I had put it on my belt the second time after I had gone after my uh, my jacket. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so um, they went, and he stole the keys from me and gave them to my mother. And then he came back to me, and he said, what we're going to do is we're going to, she's going to drive your car to the police station. And we're going to charge you with... Um, Disorderly conduct. Uh, Resisting failure, arrest. Failure to obey. Which they is basically... Finish, that's basically disorderly defend. conduct. I know you had more to say. I'm sorry, Ken. Hang on. We're going to bring you back. Hang on. More with Ken here in moments. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Did they charge him with anything else? What's the rest of the story? We'll find out. And take your calls about whatever you want. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want if you dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give to you, so enjoy those on us. And, by the way, those features include live streams. got a broadband version of the show, a dial-up version, and even a webcam, all completely free for you at freetalklive.com. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Com. Uh, and by the way, I want to tell you that uh, AdamEve.com has a special offer for you. You can go to AdamEve.com and get 50% off of one item when you type FTL in the offer code coupon checkout. Plus, with your order of $17 or more, they'll throw in a free gift. Get 50% off with offer code FTL at AdamEve.com. That's AdamEve.com. We continue with Ken in Colorado. Ken telling us a story about the police torturing and threatening and possibly setting him up for a beating after they pulled him over at the side of the road with his mother in the car, forced you to get out from the car, stand out in the cold temperatures, 20 degrees outside, stand out in a long sleeve shirt. Uh, while you waited 30 minutes to have them test you for sobriety, which you passed with flying colors because you're perfectly sober, they then uh, you you then said something to one of the cops. There was a little bit of back and forth. He told you to shut up and said if you said one more word that he would arrest you. You 
said one, he arrested you, and they threw you in the back of a cop car. You went limp. They attempted to accuse you of resisting. You pointed out you were not resisting in point of fact. You were just not assisting them. Oh, and it was a brilliant little phrase. I I will uh, not assist, and I will not resist. What was it? It Resist and then assist. That's correct. Okay, and so so they were trying to set you up, and it was just right. an awful situation, and you were getting to the point in the story where they had taken your keys from you, given them to your mother, and they were saying they were going to have your mom drive the car where? Go ahead and continue, pick up the story from there. Okay. Uh, first of all, there's one, one small correction I want to make. Um, it's not really a correction, but it's a clarification. I only said one thing ever to the cop that was talking to my mother. In other words... I didn't persist in interrupting. However, yes. I was accused later of, of persisting in interrupting. Was that another crime? Think, uh, no. Oh, no, okay. but my point being is that they, that they falsified what happened, and I think that's important to them because saying one thing once that may have had something to do with anything real, in other words, before I was engaged by the other cop who was just standing around with nothing to do, I don't consider that good reason to get in my in my case. Right, and they you know, told yeah. you to they told yeah. you to shut up and you refused right. uh you wanted to continue discussing well, that's what I Oh yeah, that's what I engaged the cop who had gotten in my personal space. Right. And told him I know what you're trying to do, blah 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 blah. And basically he challenged me to say another word and I did. Because I don't right. believe in being because, treated that way. Well, because these people believe yeah. that you are their servant and that you're their serf and that whatever they say, you must do. And that's why they ended up charging you, as you said, with failure to obey. Yeah, now they put me in the car. Uh, they told me uh, after they took my keys without my permission and gave them to my mother to, to draw, which must be illegal. I mean, they gave possession of my car to somebody else without asking me. Yeah. But anyway. No, whatever uh, they do is completely legal. See, it's their right. system. So anyway, um, they told me what they're going to do is they're going to take me to the station, charge me with failure to obey. By the way, I still haven't been able to find this, the uh, municipal code because they, they charged me an infraction under their municipal code, hmm. not under state uh, Interesting. code. And so, um, so they didn't bother citing it? They didn't bother writing down the actual... Well, they, they put down a number, but I can't find it yet. Very interesting. You know, because it's a, you know, it's a, a podunk town's code. Right. So not anyway, even the, not even on the internet to, to research. Right. I doubt it. I doubt it's even on the internet because it's some podunk town, town's personal municipal code. You know, all four of them have it. But anyway, uh, so they uh, uh, put me in the car, told me they were going to do that. They drove me to the station, um, uh, and like I said, I got in the car under threat of violence. They told me they were going to mace me, and so uh, they got me to the station. Uh, they told me to get out. The, the third cop is the one who drove me to the station. So there are three people involved. The first one completely disappeared somewhere in there. Then they drove me to the station. It's probably an attack the, of conscience. <laughs> I don't know. The third case, the third cop took me in and uh, read me the Miranda warning. And he said, do you understand your rights? As I've read them to you. And I said, I assert my rights. And he said, what? And I said, I assert my right. And he said, do you understand your right? Hold on, you assert? Ken, you said you assert? I assert assert my right. Got it. 
and he, and he got louder, and he said, do you understand your rights as I've read them to you? And I said, I assert my rights. <laughs> hey, i got to say, just, just, to, just to interject here, the judge in the case uh, the, where they tried to where they throw, threw me in jail over the, my tenant's couch in their yard, I tried to use the I do not understand with him when he would ask me if I understood, and that right. really pissed him off. Well, this guy really didn't like that he didn't know how to interpret my answer. Yeah. He's used to people <laughs> I, saying I, I yes. I calculated it that yes, way. Sir. He's uh, The only answer he's ever used to getting is yes to that question. Right. And so um, he said, I'm going to have to fingerprint you. And, and I let him fingerprint me without helping him or resisting, which was kind of fun because they didn't come out very good. And it took him a lot of trouble. At one point, he said, I could use a little less dead weight. Yeah, and I well, ignored him. Get a real job. <laughs> and... Uh, and so he fingerprinted me, and then the other, the second cop, the one that caused the whole thing, in my opinion, well, you know what I'm saying. He yeah, the one that to... initiated the arrest. Yeah, right. Um, he came back in, and uh, the third cop told him, I, I Mirandized him, and, and he uh, said he understood his rights. And I said, no, no I, I asserted my rights. <laughs> wow. And he said, well, it's the same thing. I said, no, it's not. <laughs> Wow. So I decided I was going to talk about anything except what happened. Because, <laughs> you know, that was the idea, right? So um, uh, then the other cops said, what we're going to do is we're going to write you a ticket. And, uh, and what for? And the ticket is for a civil infraction of uh, failure to obey and uh, sign here. And I just kind of looked at him. <laughs> Jack Webb and would he, be appalled. He, Who? He said... If, Ah, gotcha. I said Jack Webb would be appalled at these guys. Oh, yeah, of course. He said, sign here, and I kind of looked at him, and he said, sign here. And they said, need your consent. Please consent said, well, to our if, system. Well, here's the thing. I said, well, what if I don't? And he said, we'll, we'll you. hold you for court. Ah, yes. And then I remembered somebody else who had been held for court in Missouri. Actually, it wasn't Missouri. It was uh, near Kansas City. Okay. Uh, on the other side of the state line. But he was beaten. Oh, my. Beaten. And I thought, well, you know, they've already threatened to abuse me. They've already threatened to imprison me. And I figure if I can escape now, I'm better off to decide what to do later. So how did you so sign under it? Threat, under threat of being imprisoned, I signed it, and I totally forgot about any of the things I could have done besides signing it. You uh, you didn't write under duress. I didn't write anything. All rights reserved. However, yeah. However, I will I will point out all the time that I was uh, that I was threatened with abuse and threatened with imprisonment on and off. What's uh, what's next? The Is there more to this story, Ken? There's a little bit Hang more. on, we're going to bring it back. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Arrested, threatened. Just a typical day in the police force. Typical another another case of abuse, except this time it's one of our listeners. 800-259-9231. You have a story to share? It's Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. (laughs) 
This is Free Talk Live. You bring up anything via the toll-free number 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features we give to you, enjoy them on us. Those other talk show hosts, they want to charge you for accessing their websites. Ours is free, including features like the Shrine of Female Listeners at shrine.freetalklive.com. So enjoy at freetalklive.com. Are you thinking about starting a business? Here's a word to the wise. Incorporate at LegalZoom.com. Incorporation can help protect you against frivolous lawsuits that could wipe you out. LegalZoom.com is fast and easy. They do all kinds of legal documents, patents, wills, trademarks. Use code FTL to save $10 off of your order at LegalZoom.com. We go back back to Ken in Colorado. Ken telling us a story about what happened yesterday as you were arrested, as you were threatened, as you were harmed, as you were tortured by the police in a small town uh, near Kansas City, Missouri. You were charged essentially with a so-called crime of failure to obey. And the reason for it was because some police officer told you to shut up when you'd corrected one of them on something he mis- uh, apparently misstated, and you uh, uh, continued to discuss things with uh, the other officer, the one that told you to shut up, then the officer threatened you again and said if you continue to, if you say one more word, he was going to arrest you, which is the same threat that uh, Judge Burke here in Keene made against me in his courtroom. Uh, in this case, you said one more word, and they threw you in the back of a police car, took you to the station, and they, again, then they charged you with this so-called crime of failure to obey, which, as you say, you tried to dig up information on, and you couldn't even find anything. So I still haven't, yeah. Where do we leave this story off? What's the rest so, of the story? So what happened is, uh, you know, he gave me this paperwork, and he told me to sign it, and then we discussed what would happen if I didn't sign it. And uh, he said I'd be held, for, held in custody for court. And I remember the other, um, another listener you have that was... Uh, that was the one that was in the Kansas City area. Uh, another uh, listener you have who was arrested and beaten in jail in the uh, Kansas City area, and I didn't want to uh, press my luck that far mm-hmm. since I was so far relatively unharmed. I have to say that your performance in this particular event was absolutely amazing. and It should have been better, but I guess I have to accept that it was better than average. Right. So yeah. go ahead and uh, continue there. So anyway, I decided to escape and uh, went allowed to. And I went ahead and signed under duress without remembering that I should have somehow indicated that it was under duress on paper. And uh, I uh, took, my, uh, took my ticket and I asked him, uh, well, how much is the fine on this? And he said, oh, I don't know. And they had a, fi- they had a fine schedule right on the wall and I found it. And it was 275 bucks. But anyway, uh, so uh, after I signed it, he was so nice because I complied. Sure. He's your buddy now. He started, suddenly he got all paternalistic on me and started talking about how he didn't want to do it and about Aww. how, you know, all this crocodile. I can't say it. But, but anyway. you forced him to, Ken. I love you, man. Yeah. You forced his and, hand by your saying one word to him in response to what he said to you. And then he lied again. He said, well, you know, your eyes are red and dilated. The funny thing is not a single cop stuck the flashlight in my eyes at all. You don't know if somebody's eyes are dilated unless you put light in their eyes. Gotcha. So he lied again. And And at uh, this point, you are are being... I had persisted in interrupting the other cop. So at this point, you're you're getting ready to leave as he's telling you this lie. 
Right. He told me the lie, and of course, at this point, you know, I'm looking to get out. And so uh, I leave, and my mother is waiting at the door, and the guy comes out, and he starts chatting with my mother. It's like he can't, like he, like he, well, like he it never happened. Now. Yeah, why don't you come on now home and have dinner with guilty. us now? <laughs> right. Now, no, now he feels guilty. He wants absolution. And wow. uh, so he chats us up for another couple minutes, and we finally leave. And that's really, I wanted to tell that bit about about how it made it better for him, and it probably made him feel bad once the thing was, you know, quote-unquote, resolved. Of course, it's resolved in such a way that they intend to get money out of me. Sure. And uh, I'm still not sure what I intend to do about that. Um, I'm First thing I'm thinking about doing is writing the court uh, a letter uh, along the lines of, if I don't hear from this in 14 days, I'll consider it resolved. Well, that doesn't. I mean, they're going to come after you. I mean, if you don't go to the court date that they've scheduled, you'll get a failure to appear charge, and then well, they're going to come to your house, Ken. Well, remember, there's another dynamic here. It's in another state, and it's not a. And it's hmm, not. That's a true. Crime. That's so, an interesting point. Um, I've got to find out what what all could happen based on what all I might do. I figure in the worst case situation, I'll probably send. Um, so I don't break any, any federal laws. What I'll probably do is I'll probably have a relative in the state FedEx them the cash in a container that's very hard to open, which is something I've done before. <laughs> but if you cross state lines, who knows, you might break a federal law. So, Ken, so, what's uh, it going to take to get you up here to New Hampshire? It sounds like you're a great activist, and we could really use great activists here in New Hampshire. I mean, at least up here, you'd be backed up by other people that would come to court with right. you or back you up. You could make a phone call uh, to the activists on the Pork 411 network and, and record the, the stop and let people know where you are, and they could come out to, uh, to show up at the jail on a moment's notice in some cases. So what would it take to get you out here? Well, there are three issues. Oh, well, there was one other thing I didn't mention, and I will answer that question. I want to answer that question. Um, and that was that I, I told the cop when he came up with that line about having my eyes being red mm -hmm. and dilated, I told the cop, I was told, I've been told three times on a traffic stop that my eyes were red and that two of them were in Missouri, and I don't even live there. Very interesting. Hmm. Hey, the first I... time was when, when they made me hang around for a drug dog to run around my car. Ken, it's obvious that the arresting officer was not very professional in, in his treatment of you. But I'm just oh, wondering. Oh, yeah, that was another thing. Yeah, I told the 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 angry officer. I guess you could call one the third officer, one the uh, the one that started it, and the other one the angry one. I told the angry one afterward. You know, I reached into the car and got my jacket while I was waiting for my sobriety test after about 20 minutes of freezing, mm -hmm. and he never checked it for a weapon. Oh, yeah. You could be dead now if I was a violent person. So, that, so you actually got to wear the jacket person. into the jail. You could have just blasted away. Yeah. <laughs> I was never checked for weapons. But, Ken, if you go back, though, if you rewind this whole thing right to the beginning, that first interaction with the cop, how do you think maybe you could have made it happen a little differently that maybe wouldn't have been so drawn out? Cause I'm I, not really sure because I decided when I was told that I had no right to speak even outside of relationship of the of the the cop that was speaking with my mother, mm -hmm. you know that was the only quote unquote official business that was going on. Well, I'm talking that, about I'm talking about rewinding right to the very first interaction when you first pulled over. The cop came up to the window uh, because here's what I think that a lot of people they have a preconceived notion about cops, 
And the cops feel that. And I think they yeah. feed on that sometimes. And so my only point is, I, I agree with you, I think they were very unprofessional, but sometimes we, you can avoid some of that by just uh, reacting a little differently to them and not showing them that you might not trust them yeah. completely. And I think the first cop was inexperienced and intimidated because uh, one of the things I did when he got me out of the car, uh, and it had taken a while, I said, am I free to go? <laughs> yeah, most and people don't said, do that. And then he said, no. And I said, so I'm under arrest. And he said, no. And I said, so I'm free to go. And he said, no. And I said, so I'm under arrest. But, said, but, but what do I do now, Lieutenant? Right, right. All right, so Ken, quickly, quickly, detained. we got to get to this last question here. Uh, what are you going to oh, do? Yeah, yeah. When, oh, when can we get you to New Hampshire? Um, there are three issues with that. One of them is I'm not sure I eat the dog food yet. The second issue is I've got a wife who's not libertarian enough to do anything mm. for liberty, so it's tough. And then the third one is I'm planted here with my job. Let me know how this works out. It's an it's an interesting situation, and I'm glad you didn't get hurt too badly uh, in the process. And will you follow up with us when this all wraps up and tell the rest of the story at that time? I'll try to keep up. Keep Thanks, up Ken. I appreciate hearing from you. Very interesting story and really good technique, I think, on his part in a lot of cases. I will uh, not resist and I will not assist. I love that line. 800-259-9231. And, of course, the am I under arrest thing is great, or am I free to go, rather. Both of those are great questions to ask cops. More on the way you bring up whatever you want. Your thoughts on this or anything. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free. 800-259-9231. The number brought to you by our friends at SACL CAI. It's 1-800-259-9231. And it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, the features we give to you, so enjoy those on us. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can become an amplifier for as little as three bucks a month. We take that money in and reinvest it into the program, getting on as many radio stations around the country as we possibly can, and helping spread the word of freedom as far and as wide as possible. You can head over to amp.freetalklive.com to learn more, get signed up with any major credit card, PayPal, or some alternate options. Again, amp.freetalklive.com. Oh, and you get perks like access to the Ampoli call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more. All the details at amp.freetalklive.com. Let's continue taking your phone calls about anything. and Talk to Rob in Arkansas. Rob, you're on Free Talk Live. Guys? Hey, what's on your hey mind guys, tonight? guys, can you hear me? Yes, sir. All right. Wow. I, uh, that must have been the longest call y'all have ever taken. Oh, I don't know about that. Well, you know, I bet you'd have a riot if you uh, recorded uh, the conversations people end up having with themselves when they're on hold. Because uh, <laughs> this is the first time I've called a radio show, so I was oh, wow. pretty nervous at first and talking to myself, practicing my question, laughing at myself. And and uh, so it was good to hold on, so I uh, got to relax a little bit. But you're doing I've pretty got, good. Um, I've been listening to you guys for probably two years now. Hmm. Um, I really enjoy the show. You've really uh, made me... Uh, I wonder how much impact your show has that you guys don't even realize. That's a um, good question, isn't it? <laughs> I, I'm, um, I think about that while I'm working sometimes because, hmm. um, you know, I'll hang out with some uh, associates of mine and talk about, uh, you know, I'll just start saying things that are really foreign to them like, uh, excuse me, you, I'm not part of the we you were referring yeah. to. <laughs> yeah, it was like today really? when I was listening to some of the speeches at this uh, rally that was going on, and somebody said, our leaders are blah, 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 and I'm thinking, they're not my leaders. Yep, I felt like I was kind of, I hate, uh, I don't want to sound like a parrot and parrot other people, but 
I really feel like I own that kind of thinking to myself now. Uh, well, the, uh, well, can you can I, let me pause you right there for a moment? First of all, um, that's all we all do, really. I mean, how many people have original thoughts? Yeah, original thoughts aren't real common. You just pick the ones you like. Right. I pick the ones I like, and I talk about them on this radio show. So they're not my thoughts originally. They're somebody else's, like Harry Brown or Dr. Mary Ruard, and inevitably they learned them from, you know, the, uh, from other people that came before them. So. Yeah. Well, you know what? I'll tell you another little detail. is uh, I ran for office this last election as a Ron Paul Republican. Hmm. I, uh, about 10,000 people voted in the, camp- in the uh, election, and I lost by 109. Wow. That's not bad. But what I, the reason I bring that up is because... Uh, um, my positions when I signed up to run for office completely were questionable by the time the election came around because, I mean, I, your show had uh, <laughs> really affected the way I thought about things, you know. Uh, spending other people's money, having the right to spend their money, hmm. I felt it was... Um, A lot of things you'd taken for granted you felt completely different about by the end of the election, huh? I was kind of appalled by it, really. Uh, honestly, it just—I felt like, what? Who would want to control other people's money? You know, what? What kind of person is drawn to this, or 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 what they can and cannot do with their lives? You know, the floating point of freedom is uh, a term I've kind of came up with. Very cool. Where the committee floats the point. You know, oh, this is reasonable. Oh well, mm-hmm. you know, the people are so dumb and they're so—they um, need us. You know, we'll just float a little more uh, authority here and freedom back that way and, you know, that kind of thing. So Absolutely. having said that, I did call in with some questions. Yeah. So, um, I was in the shower and I had an aha moment. and uh, That's when they happen. Yeah, right? I love those. Yeah. <laughs> My but, first you know, one like, was when I was 13, but we won't get into that. Being naked helps. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. Well, um, <laughs> you know, when I, one of the arguments uh, that I get in with some of my statist friends is, uh, you know, I'll start saying, you know, I'm not part of this we... And, you know, feel free and do that if you want, but just don't come into my house with a gun and, you know, punish me for not uh, drinking the Kool-Aid kind of mm-hmm, statement, sure. right? And um, and so the thing is, is that I think what happens is a guy like me who goes on this mental odyssey, you know, it's like I guess you can maybe take it too far. And uh, I guess you find yourself in a room where you're like by yourself and you're looking around you and you're saying – Nobody will ever tell me how to do anything, think anything at all in any way, shape, or form. Get away from me and, uh, you know, a real obstinate kind of uh, position like that. And, you know, I'm not sure what I think about that. I'm still learning, but let me uh, get to my question. I think this addresses it somewhat well. Okay, let's say that we live in a land that, uh, a perfect libertarian world in a sense, that has... um, a loyal title that is so loyal we don't even have titles. You know, it's like, who would issue the paper ourselves? If we want to write our own, that's our own business. There's no apparatus to issue a piece of paper. That's how I'm a, talking about. So a loyal title meaning land. that you own, you actually own your land and no governmental bureaucrat has the ability to do anything to you as a result of it. Yes, sir. What okay. we're, you know, America is supposed to be the only country that has that, by the way. Yes. Um, but, it's, you know, we, as you guys talk about all the time. So with that in mind, go ahead. how true that is. Yeah, um... We all own land, and I do something on my land to pollute it, mm. and it stays within my borders of my land. No one's harmed by it. There are no victims. I know, and you know, and everyone knows that one day that pollution will get outside of my property, but it will be after we have died and uh, gone away. Mm. Maybe. You, know, you can't really say that, but maybe. Well, let's just say in this scenario we know it will it's just a matter of physics it will eventually happen everyone in the world knows it i know it 
do I have a duty? Do I have a responsibility to anyone outside of the border of my property? And remember, though, it will pollute the outside of my property border, okay. and I will die, and you will too before it happens. Yeah, I, you know, I think that this is a very good question. Like, let's say that uh, somebody takes nuclear waste. That sounds awful, doesn't it? And they put it in uh, some kind of container that it will go through at some point. Um, okay. I don't know, 50-gallon barrels. At some point, it's going to go through 50-gallon barrels, I would assume, rather quickly. But these are good 50-gallon barrels, and they'll last 100 years, right? Got it. Are you with me? Ken? Oh, I'm listening. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. So let's, Actually, it's Rob. Uh, is it Rob? I thought yeah. it was, I'm sorry. Um, so assume um, I'm across the galaxy, and I shoot you with a very accurate gu- shoot at you with a very accurate gun. It takes a <laughs> hundred years for that bullet to cross the galaxy and hit you. I, I, I guess it's possible. Um, I, I guess for some reason I hate you in the future. Okay, because you would have would not have been born yet, and yeah. <laughs> I'm dead. Right. So there's nothing that can be done with me. However, have I murdered you? What if I was your grandfather? No, go ahead. <laughs> no, I don't want to lose track. Go ahead. Sorry. Right. Well, that's the question: Is have I murdered you? I mean, I'm dead. Oh man. Yeah, I have. I mean, so you've to me what you've done is uh, at this point is you've threatened the people in the future. You have uh, aimed a gun at them. I mean, they're going to they're, you know it's 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 not a gun that's going to kill them in the same way, but you know it's going to damage right. their property. Yes, you are responsible for you know having that mess cleaned up. To whom? To whom? And does somebody have a right in here? Is there a right? You know, here's my right. Here's your right. Uh, I think who that, am I responsible to? I think that uh, the heirs of the people who are in the immediate vicinity... Now, are you saying the world's going to be polluted or just the immediate vicinity is going to be polluted? Uh, either or is fine. Okay, the, uh, you know, the, the, you I, I, I said the heirs, but uh, the, you know, the people that are, uh, you know, would have those heirs. Um, yeah. I, I don't know what those people would be, but uh, you know, the, the parents or the grandparents of the people who would be damaged by what it, whatever it is you're doing. So, yes, if you put uh, nuclear waste in uh, you know, containers that doesn't properly seal it on your property, and I have the property next door, I think I've got a claim against your uh, against what you've done to and it would really, my property in the future. You may have a claim, and it would really ultimately depend on what the arbiters would say about it and what the experts would have to say about, well, is your claim valid? Will these containers leak? Is there anything to actually prove that that it would be the case? And, of course, we're also presuming you would know, Mark, that he was burying these things on his property. Well, I mean, that, that you know, the, he's he's bringing the question sure, to me. Sure. I, I can't answer if I don't know. I want, uh, Wayne, yeah, do you everyone any, knows. I'm that, curious that's to, why we have a problem. To Wayne's thoughts on this one. This. Yeah, well, first I'd like more information. For one, do your neighbors know about this, or is this something yes, you already know? Everybody is aware. Okay, because the first thing I would do if I were a neighbor is I'd, I'd probably talk to you about it in a friendly way, like uh, Ian's neighbor didn't, and say, yeah. hey, listen, you know, I mean, th- I know it's not a problem now, but if you thought about the future and, and try to talk it over with you and maybe persuade you gently without any conflict or without any arbitration, sometimes that's enough to work, especially if you have a good relationship already. Now, if you're totally obstinate, then I might have to call arbitration in to uh, resolve the, the conflict, but in arbitration, they may find against you. So how would you react to that? Well, okay, the arbitration would be a governing body that we all agree to at some point, right? Yeah, it yes. would be something you'd have an incentive to agree to, agree to because if you didn't, then you would be, uh, you'd be obstinate and uh, you, would, you would have your reputation damaged pretty heavily and people might not want to deal with you after that. Well, I mean, okay. I'm going to have to think about this to come back about it, but as far as I'm, the, the way I hear it right now, and just so you know, I'm pro-freedom, I'm pro-liberty, and I don't want to be uh, having a gun point at me for anybody else's opinion, sure. but but uh, th- that, it doesn't, 
it doesn't seem like it's a complete answer to me. Well, the the free marketplace isn't going to be a 100% perfect utopia. That is for sure. But it is the best way for mankind and the most human, uh, humane way for mankind to interact with his fellow man. I thank you for the call. 800-259-9231. Hour 3 is coming up. It's Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into hour number three of the program. You can bring up what you want if you dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com as we go right back into your phone calls. Starting things out with the enemy of the state, or one of them, in Michigan. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys, I was listening to your conversation with Kurt from Michigan last night. Yes, sir. Regarding um, excuse me, voting and legitimacy. Okay. Um, Mark's response didn't surprise me at all. Mark, the uh, utilitarian, uh, that, that he's a defensive voter. Dear but God, Ian, can you imagine me doing things because it makes sense, it's practical, it works? Yeah, yeah you are very practical, Mark. I'll, I'll grant you that, and then uh, I can take you on it later. But, Ian, your response surprised me. Okay. And, and I need a little bit of clarification. Can you give me just a brief rehash on, on what he was saying and what you were saying? Well, first thing on Kurt is, um, you know, I, every once in a while I have phone calls that kind of keep me up that night a little bit, like I think about them, and Kurtz was one of those. Hmm. And uh, Well, because, you know, I said that I didn't want anything bad to happen to his mom as a result of him not voting, and it sounded... Like an attack on his mom, and no, was, there's no that, reason for that. No, that was that's irrelevant. But uh, anyway, that's oh, I'm just telling you that's what I was thinking about last night, and um, so you know, anyway, that's that's the one thing that I was thinking about as far as the call, Ian. On uh, what were you thinking? Well, uh, Kurt was making the point that voting is violence, and if you're voting, you're consenting to the system, and you're giving it legitimacy. There were, I think those were a handful of the points he was uh, attempting to make last night. And I have to say, I can empathize with Kurt. I understand where he's coming from. Uh, Mark, I mean, you've had conversations with me when I have felt like jumping off the voting uh, game, and you have kind of talked me down from the ledge, uh, so to speak. So I've, I've, I do have limited mind control abilities. I... <laughs> I have been there, and I understand that. And I, you've talked me down because the, the points you were making were were very valid. And um, so, essentially, where I was coming from was that the, the reality is that even when zero percent turnout, it does nothing at all to stop the the tyrants from in, uh, from right. ruling the, over the others. The couple of cases where you can actually get zero percent, as if the bureaucrats um, and the politicians aren't going to go out and vote for themselves anyway. So the likelihood of you getting 0% is microscopic because there's too much to be had. And pointed out that there is in no way anything about consenting involved unless you explicitly are saying, yes, I do consent to this system and I do consent to being ruled. If you are voting from a defensive standpoint, and that is to minimize the damage done to you in your life and your loved ones, then that's, a, I, I believe, a perfectly legitimate reason in the same way that uh, that uh, that that picking the, from one of the two choices that a, a robber, a common thug, might give you as, as he was robbing you on the street uh, to either give you your wallet back or to not give you your wallet back, empty versus I mean, give you your empty wallet back.
back or to not give you anything back, I'm going to choose to have my wallet back because, well, I might want some of the things that are in it, even if there's no cash left. So, uh, and, and especially when you're dealing with a situation like recently here in Keene, Baron Swearingen, the president of the Free State Project, was on the ballot for uh, one of the House representative positions in this last election. And I didn't have any qualms with voting for Varen. Uh, Varen's a, a principal dude who I know does not support initiating force upon me, and I did not have any issues with voting for Varen. I do not believe that that in any way consented to the system. So hopefully that uh, explains what an answer. I, ho- I hope that answers your question. Okay. So let me point out the contradiction that you're facing yet. Okay. Um, the main thing is, is that um, do you have the right this goes back to the libertarian argument of non-aggression, that you cannot aggress against another and you cannot appoint others to aggress upon others for you. Right? I have not appointed anyone to do such things. By your voting, do you have a right to vote for someone who purports to have leadership over me? I'm, can you run that by me one more time? He says you're voting for somebody who purports in, to have leadership over him. In principle... If you choose, if you vote for someone, you are now granting that person authority over me. You are, you are, you are giving them a uh, a vote. What if that? What if that person is only to use your your endorsement of that person is to only use their power to remove power from over you? Well, see, Mark, that's your take that you think that government can work the way you want it to work and not do what you don't want it to do. Uh, are you that's suggesting that Baron Swearingen is a power-hungry madman that will execute your children just as soon as he becomes a city selectman? I mean, what kind of, like, paranoid clapjap is that? Who's Darren Swearingen? I already explained. He's the, the president, president of the Free, Free State, State Project, Project, and he's an anarchist. The, the last person that that's Ian voted for. That's a voluntary organization. Oh, what? Oh, no. Free, you're, he voted no, he, he ran voted for, for office. Him, uh, for city council. No, it was representative. Whatever. State rep. Okay. So the question well, stands. But then still, he, he takes a position which can pass laws that restrict my freedom. But hey, I did not second. vote for if him I own a gun, If I own a gun, I could shoot you in the head with it. Are you telling me that, that we should... That doesn't make it right, Mark. What, that I... To own a gun? No, that you would shoot me with it. Look, I'm can, not suggesting that I'd shoot you with it. Are you trying to tell me that I shouldn't own a gun because I could no, shoot you with no, it? No, 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 no. I'm telling you you can own a gun without aggressing against others. I can vote for Varen Swearingen without aggressing, for, um, aggressing against you. You're sure about that? Absolutely. As, as, I have no doubt as about As sure it. as I am that I, when I sit down, the gun won't fire and uh, shoot you in the forehead. What you're suggesting here, I sir, mean, is there that... There can always be a misfire, man. Okay, hold on. Now, what you're suggesting here is that I am somehow responsible for the actions of the individual who decides to go ahead and take office. And I that am... is not true. There is no I... evidence whatsoever to back that up unless I specifically endorse some sort of violent policy, which I do not. I am saying, and this is what Kurt was saying that I agreed with, is that you are more responsible than someone who didn't vote. How is it that I could possibly be responsible for violence that was enacted upon you by somebody that I did not necessarily endorse for that particular purpose? Because if you voted for the lesser of two evils, you voted for evil. So, wait a second. You chose... To impose him I do not believe Varen Swearingen is evil. I, th- I believe him to be a trustworthy individual who is a principled uh, man who has absolutely so no you're interest me that in doing controlling the right, me. Doing the right thing rather than doing nothing is uh, makes me responsible. The right thing. Right. Mark, 
is to not participate in a system of violence. No, the right thing is to try to pre- protect my friends and my family from violence. Right. Now, okay, I'm going to ask you the same question that I asked Kurt. Do you pay property taxes? See, now that's the same argument that a socialist would use to argue that I don't have ownership over my property. Do you pay you property taxes? You guys face that all the time. Don't do you, even bring that Do you pay me. property taxes? Don't that's not the argument this I'm making. Like, this is like Mark's argument. Do you pay that. property taxes? Genghis Khan versus Jimmy You, you got to talk to me about your issue. Now, I've got a question for you that is going to completely invalidate what you're saying. You stand there on your so-called principles and you say, well, the right thing to do is to not participate in a system involving coercion. But right, I bet Ian? you you pay property taxes and income taxes, okay, too, Ian, don't you? Okay, what happens if I don't pay property taxes? You tell me. I go, I could be killed. Well, wait, the right if thing to do. If you don't vote for the right guy, then I could what have Obama in vote? taking my money. The right <laughs> thing to do, you just told me the right thing to do is to not participate in a system that, uh, you know, that, hey, that does all this. Do you remember when you talked about your relative scale and how much you were willing to give up, whether you wanted to stay in jail for, the, for your idea or not? Okay. On, on, your, on your disobedience? Mm-hmm. What I'm telling you is that not paying property taxes... By paying property taxes, I prevent myself from being killed. (laughs) And you give money to the system so it perpetuates itself. So hold on a second now. I mean, you giving that money is far worse than me going going into a blind ballot box. I started. Mark, calm down. Uh, No, I started. You giving money to that system via property tax is far worse than me going into a blind ballot box and having a statistical chance, a minute statistical chance, of making a difference in a voting chamber by by pulling the lever for somebody. that's, That's wrong, Mark. Because you are showing your, not even, not the support that's coerced from you, which my taxes are, which I'll be killed if I don't. So since you're worried about being killed, hold on a second. Since you're worried about being killed so much, how about we have ourselves a fictional election? Let's say it's real in 2010, where two local candidates, one is running to kill everybody uh, that does, you know, does not vote for him, and the other is running to not kill anybody. Would you participate? Come back to that? No. You've got one chance to answer. Well, Mark said Genghis Khan versus Jimmy Carter. I said, what if my choice is Genghis Khan versus Joseph Stalin? Are you going to participate in that election? No, I don't vote in every election. Thank I you for either. the call. 800-259-9231. I'll only vote for somebody that I can't feel I didn't dirty vote for about. President. That I won't feel dirty about voting for. Hello? It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features, they are free. So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com, including the updates. We will clue you in whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Go to updates.freetalklive.com. Get on the list free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. The instant. Institute for Humane Studies is offering 12 different seminars this summer in locations across the country. Participation is free. The IHS covers meals and housing. Seminars are for those are for those from uh, simply the curious to uh, those very intra- passionate about liberty, uh, <laughs> the libertarian philosophy. Even those who want career advice, networking opportunities, and lectures relevant to each career path. Go to theihs.com and register today. 
Deadline is March the 31st. That's theihs.com. So 800-259-9231 is the number, and that's brought to you by SACL CAI. Just a few more thoughts on that last call and a conversation that has uh, engaged us over the past couple of nights. This uh, whole idea that voting, uh, participating in voting is immoral, and it's endorsing the state, and it's, it's, it's violence against your neighbor. And, yeah, if it was Stalin versus Hitler, yeah. You'd be endorsing violence against your neighbor. And then you'd have to vote for none of the above. But if it's stopped, right, you'd have to not go. I mean, because there's no right. none of the above on the ballot. Well, let's but, talk about, I mean, you know, <laughs> if you're talking Stalin versus Hitler, you're talking about people on the same level. Let's just take it to Obama and McCain. I mean, really. You're no talking thanks. About, I'm not going to vote in that You're election. talking about one is 51%, you know, it's 51-49 there. They're so remarkably close in their policies and their beliefs. You're not really picking one that's better than the other. There's just a microscopic difference between right. the two. It's all and marketing. It's your, it's your perspective as to which difference is better. So I think that that's a, you know, it's a fine and, uh, um, example that he made. And in that case, I'd say, well, you know, do whatever you want to do. It's not like your vote counts much anyway. Sure. I mean, when you're talking about being in, I don't know, the state of Florida where the separation of the votes was, I think it's 40,000 um, in some states. Imagine being in California where it was probably a huge landslide, hundreds of thousands of people between you and, uh, you know, the, the decision making point. So, you know, you going or not going, maybe even millions, I don't know. You going or not going doesn't matter. Not in states like that. I suppose it mattered in North Carolina whether or not you voted uh, for president, but just barely. There were only 54 people that even mattered in the presidential election. So the caller ended up vehemently defending his ability to or his participation in paying property tax when just a moment before that he had said, you know, the only moral thing to do is to not participate with this, you know, this evil system. But yet he goes ahead and, and does whatever it is they demand of right. him to do. Where I wanted to go with that was he's paying property tax. Taxes. So let's talk again about voting, except this time not on a national level, and where you pointed out rightfully so that your vote really doesn't count. Let's look at a local election wherein there are maybe only a few hundred people participating in that voting system, wherein your vote really could end up being that one vote that does make the difference. So if you've got a situation in which somebody who's running for office has signed the small government pledge which says that, you know, it's out there on paper that their intention is to reduce the size of the state, to do nothing to increase it in any way, shape, or form. If somebody has signed the small government pledge and they're running for, say, city council, and somebody else is running who you know to be a big government person who wants to infringe upon your freedom even more, who is wanting to raise taxes, let's say to, you know, build some new school or whatever it is their grand uh, government program happens to be, you've got a study in contrast there, you've got candidates, that is involved in the small government or or liberty movement, and then in and then candidate B, you have a pure statist who wants to increase property taxes. What he was saying is that okay, yeah, he'll pay taxes because they're going to hurt him. But if there's some way that he could participate in that system and reduce his taxes that he's being forced at the threat of violence to pay, he's going to stay home and do nothing. Right. You know, and and I I don't know the enemy of the state. And I don't know, uh, you know, I, I've met Kurt um, and, you know, I'm not I'm not talking about them specifically, but there are people out there that do this whole I'm on a high horse. I don't vote thing. And that's really all they do. 
Like that's you mean their, not do. Right, right. That's their only participation in the political process is telling people, I don't vote. Oh, boy, you're really getting out there and getting something accomplished, I'm on you, my man? soapbox. Yeah, I'm, I'm righteous, and I'm doing something significant. No, you're not. Well, you know, it takes me back to, I believe it was Plato who said that those who uh, refuse to vote run the risk of being ruled by their inferiors. Exactly. And again, we're not saying go and vote for every single election. I mean, there's one coming up here. You talk about poor choices. There's some local school board election. And there is one guy that's running who I've met in person and I've talked with him and he seems to be kind of with us. But at the same time, when I heard him on the radio the other day, he was totally within the spec- within the spectrum of the paradigm of the system and not saying anything about ideals or what he would like to see happen. All he was talking about was, well, we're, we have to do this or we have to do that because, you know, in the system, there are usually only a, a few options that they're presented with is what they can do. So one of the options is, well, you either build this new middle school at the cost of millions of dollars or you build or you repair the existing middle school at the cost of millions of dollars and of course he trying to just simply work within those parameters is saying well i think we should do option a because it'll cost less he's not saying that we should turn the school's system over to the marketplace he's not saying anything that has anything to do with significant change or reducing the size of the government so i'm not going to go out and vote for that guy even though i've had a personal experience with him that was positive He's not. He's not principled. He's not inter- obviously not interested in bringing up important the issues that are important to me. And the, as far as voting on the actual issue of where to spend that money, I'm not. I'm going to stay out of that one too. Look, I don't care how that one comes out. It, it, it's it's bad either way you slice it, and I will not participate in something like that. So just because we're defending the process of engaging in that particular system. To defend oneself from violence doesn't mean we're engaging in it 100% of the time. I'm, I don't vote for most of, the, most of those people. I don't know who most of them are, and I'm certainly not going to vote for them unless they have proven themselves to be principled and unique, and especially if they have signed the, uh, the small government pledge, which I think really sets them apart. And the fact is 99% of them won't sign it. Because they all have some area of government that they want to increase. Right, and the people that will sign it uh, can't expect uh, a good portion of the liberty-minded people to vote for them because those people are out being you know, righteous and significant by not voting. Let's talk to Paul in California. Paul, you're on Free Talk Live. Paul? Hello? Hey, you're on the air. Hello? Hey, how you guys doing? Uh, well, just, sir. Just great. What's up? Good. I had an uh, analogy that I thought might be useful in this for people who uh, are inclined to not vote. Uh, if, if somebody, say you see somebody mugging somebody else, right, and they got a crowbar in their hand and they're about to smack him with it across the face, right? Now, suppose you had a chance of replacing, you can't affect the situation in any way, but you might have a chance of replacing that crowbar with a stick or even if you're lucky, a styrofoam noodle. Would you do that? You know, if I've, you could press that button, I've used, you do that. I've used this example, and it doesn't go particularly well. They are so entrenched in where they are. I, I don't know. I mean, it's it, yeah, it's a great example. <laughs> yeah, it, it works fine. I but. mean, it, it seems like you got all these people who do believe in power over other people, and it's, it's not going to change. You're going to have the government, uh, but but what you might feel is just you know make you make that mugging a little bit less bad. Thank you, Paul, for the call tonight. I agree with you. I'm, I'm with you there. Uh, obviously, you don't want to be a part of the mugging, but at the same time, do you just stand by and watch as somebody gets just destroyed by the mugger? What about the you know the railroad situation where you've got a bunch of people tied down to one track and only one person tied down to the other? Do you intervene in that situation? 
1-800-259-9231. It is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features we give to you free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, Again, freetalklive.com. Those features include, by the way, the archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, click and download. They're yours free at freetalklive.com. According to the Computer Privacy Handbook, normal Internet technology is the most comprehensive surveillance system system ever invented. You can put a stop to email snooping today with an easy-to-use email alternative that's free. PrivacyHarbor.com, because normal email is not secure. Go over there and get a free account today at PrivacyHarbor.com. As we continue with your phone calls, talking to Chris in Pennsylvania on the AMP line. Hello, Chris. Hey, how you doing? What's on your mind tonight? Um, you guys were talking about voting, but uh, what, was, what was I going to say? I was running from the steps. Let me catch my breath. Um, I was I listened to Stefan Molyneux, and I guess he'll be speaking at the forum. Yes. He says to not participate at all in the voting system. Now, what do you, what do you say to that? What would I'd, you say to that? I'd say if you blindly follow follow a preacher, that you you know you're, you're, you're a blind follower. <laughs> No, I know, but you know, it sounds so it sounds so right, you know, from his the anarchist point of view. Wait a and wait a I second. Agree, I agree with is you Ian guys, not an anarchist? I agree with him. Wait, is is Ian not an anarchist? What's that? I prefer the term voluntarist. Whatever. Yeah. Did you Okay, but uh, do you, do you understand I, I understand I I hear your point of of view. We I got interested with with Ron Paul and the Ron Paul movement. Mm-hmm. So I saw principled man and I said I'll get involved, you know. And Ron Paul brought people into this movement. You are included in that and you're not the only one. As I was talking earlier today, one of the new movers from the Free State Project was brought in by Ron Paul. Uh and so there is some value to participating in this awful, oppressive, tyrannical system. And the fact is, Nick, our co host on Tuesday nights, Nick Michaelevich from Free Minds T V, has uh, committed that he's going to throw his hat into the ring for the city council race this year. Uh and and I can't see any reason why I wouldn't vote for Nick. He's a he's a good guy, and he believes in in uh, in freedom. He's not a voluntarist, but he's darn you know darn close. Good enough for me. Certainly far better than any of the other city councilors that are out there right now that are just looking to wield power for power's sake. And so I would have no hesitation whatsoever to support someone uh, somebody like Nick. And if it resulted ultimately in less money being stolen from people, that's a win. Now look, I understand that's not usually the way. It it turns out usually the incumbents get reelected over and over again. The state drastically increases in size. But the reality is if you do have an activist uh, enclave, as we are creating here in New Hampshire, the, the odds can change. The odds are changing. And I, I think that's pretty cool. I don't believe that politics is a particularly effective method of change. I believe firmly it's the most ineffective method. But I believe doing nothing is far more ineffective. Right, right. I agree, but uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, I I don't know which stance to take. I I think I I balance in between. Well, you should do whatever uh, makes you feel right. Right, but I, I agree with both of you. You know, because you sound right 
on one aspect <laughs> to participate in it, but then to not participate in it. Well, it, you know, it's it's such an insignificant it, little tiny issue because the vote is is really. You're, I mean, when you look at it on a national scale, your vote is is an insignificant thing. So you know, like if I considered it significant of any importance that a person standing on a hilltop bugling the fact that they didn't vote to be well relevant to my life in any way, um, I might you know call up Stefan and you know say hey let's debate this issue. But honestly, I don't think it matters. Yeah, we're gonna have to bust his chops at the Liberty Forum. I'm not gonna say anything to the guy. I got not about that. I mean, I'll have him on the show and we'll talk to him about other things. I think he's a great guy. I like yeah. Stefan. Right. I mean, he's he's out there propagating freedom. He has a really great great show. The last thing I'm gonna do is find the one tiny hair and split that thing. Uh, you know, that's what this show's for. Please call in split hairs. Right now, you know, Stefan. I mean, everybody's uh, capable of being wrong. We've certainly been wrong in the past. We could be wrong about things right now. Uh, Stefan at one time thought the Free State Project was a fully political move. Until I, you know, corrected him on that, I said, "Hey, there are a whole bunch of voluntarist, non-voting types that are moving here in, uh, into Keene," and uh, he was just completely unaware of that. So, so prior to that, he was uninformed. Now he's been better informed. And if and, he and if he found out that a group of anarchists were running for uh, for office here in Keene, then uh, what would he think about that? Right, I, I don't mean, know. Would he chastise them? I because, don't know what he would necessarily say to that. And I don't know if anybody's asked him that question specifically. That what if a principled anarchist is running for office? Is it okay? Okay to vote for them, Mr. Molyneux, sir. You know, um, oh God, like uh, Stefan. You know, I don't. I don't know. Um, I don't know what he would say, but. I can tell you that. Wait, wait. Before you go on, um, bef- uh, you know, I can tell you that. Uh, you know that he, when I asked him whether. Uh, you know, with my political philosophies the way they are, if I am advocating aggressing against my neighbor, and he said, "No, I don't think you are." So you know, I've gotten his blessing. That's right. I remember that. Yeah. Right. Well, I was just saying that maybe, you know, we'll have to um, hijack the Republican Party or whatever, the Democratic Party, like like Ron Paul did. He was a, liber- you know, a pro-liberty guy. He didn't that, successfully hijack, hijack much of anything. Republican Party. <laughs> Ron Paul, great guy, but he didn't hijack the Republican Party. But you know something, what, what he's done, though, he's basically just been a pebble in the lake of the Republican Party. And now the waves are spreading right. all over, and he's giving the Republican Party a lot of headaches right now. Yeah, well, in their good. current structure, yeah, I mean, which is good. That's not what the Republican Party, you know, the Republican Party's like just the same as a Democratic Party. You know what I mean? Do you understand that we, yep. by voting, you have to almost participate to get on the ballot. You have to go, you know, dress like a wolf and, you know. Not really. You can get on the ballot here in Keene for $2. You can walk into uh, the uh, city council or the city clerk's office dressed however you want and give them $2, and they'll put you on the ballot. So it's different depending on what you're talking about, depending on the level that you're discussing. And I understand where you're at, and I've been there. I've been torn. Let me tell you, you can go back to some of the episodes before the 2008 election, and you know, one day I'll feel this way, and then I'll come in, we'll have a conversation, and then I'll feel differently. And so I think that you should do whatever feels right to you. In most cases, voting does not feel right to me because the, the choices are anathema to my belief system. But in a, few select, in a few select instances, voting for Harry Brown, for instance, in the year 2000, voting for Michael Badnarik in the year 2004, in a few select instances, I don't have a problem with it. And I, if I can feel good about doing it, 
Uh, if I can feel as though I'm not aggressing against my neighbor in any way, then uh, you know, right. then, then that's okay. If, or if I feel like you know that candidate is significantly different and significantly in an improvement over what is cur- currently the status quo, I can feel okay enough to possibly motivate myself to go out for something like that. Though that gets more difficult over time. I thank you for the call tonight, sir. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. We continue this time talking to Dave in New York. Dave, you're on Free Talk Live. Evening, fellas. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Since we're on the subject of voting, I think it's safe to say your most effective vote is your wallet. Do you agree? I would agree. Well, let's talk about how the American people voted in 2008. Okay? Uh, In November, we bought 1,529,635 firearms. Now, that's just FFL approvals coming out of Virginia. Sure. In December, it was 1,523,426. And in January, wow. now these are brand million, new guns. Point of clarification: these are brand new sold guns. They are firearm purchases. There can be more than one purchase per uh, approval. So, but they're brand new guns. They're brand new approvals for multiple guns or just one gun. But we're not talking about guns that are floating around from different owner to different owner, or are we? Are those included? Anything, in anything sold through an FFL with a with the license check that goes to the FBI. Okay, so those could be Virginia. used. Gu- those could be used yeah. guns. Okay. Yes. What about uh, you, is that gun shows too? You would multiply these numbers by five to get with the um, unlicensed uh, sales. Wow. Okay. Speculative, so in, Janu- in January, you got 1,213,885, and then for 2008, you got 12,709,023. Okay? That's enough to outfit India's army every 30 days. The whole army of India, the second largest army in the world. That's voting. Okay? So when these guys come to grab the guns, plug them. There's not enough of them around. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's easy to, it's easy to say, serious. but harder to do, no, man. I, w- I would rather die free. I would rather die free and plug one of these guys than live in slavery. I see where you're coming from. I hope it never comes to that. And thank you for the call, Dave. I second yeah. that. You're not going to get to write the uh, news story about uh, you know what you know <laughs> after you know when you're when you're getting stiff in the morgue. You're not going to be able to write that news story about why it was that you plugged them. Yeah. You, you'll just be a crazed madman with child porn on his computer. Hour two coming up. You bring up whatever you want. This is free. Hour two more on the way. It's free talk live. This is Free Talk Live. You bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number. Even in these remaining moments, we'll try to sneak you in, though I shouldn't get out the numbers because we're loaded up with calls. People really want to talk about this voting stuff. Uh, by the way, it is Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The, the features are free, uh, free, so enjoy those. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Enter Amazon through that link, and Free Talk Live gets a percentage of your purchase. So whatever it is you need to buy for life, there are dozens of categories in which you can shop. Plus, you can even buy used items through Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com, and you'll save a few bucks, and we'll still get a percentage of your purchase. Again, enter through Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Now, we've told you before about the Institute for Humane Studies. There are seminars that they do all year long. The summer seminars are, of course, coming up. Uh, you can get involved. Participation is free. IHS covers meals and housing. You can go to TheIHS.com. That's the new website, Mark? The, yes. TheIHS.com. And get registered. The deadline for registration is March 31st. As an example of one of the things they're going to be doing, uh, you can go to the Scholarship and a Free Society Seminar from July 25th through 31st in Philly. 
It's for graduate students only, examining the implications of libertarian ideas on society, academia, the future, and more. Though rooted in scholarship, the seminar will also connect issues in the academy to world events. In addition to the many fundamental questions being raised in economics, participants will, will explore the impact of the world crisis on law, government, and the conception of the state. The deadline to apply is March 31st. Go to theihs.com and get registered today. As we continue with your phone calls, ladies first, Lauren is on the line in New Hampshire on the amp line. Hello, Lauren. Howdy. How are you guys doing? Just super. Hey, it's Lauren Canario. Hey, Lauren. Lauren, my hey. hero, Canario. What's on your mind? I wanted to talk about voting, too. So uh, you uh, have forgotten one thing about voting for somebody that you think is, uh, you know, morally upstanding, is a good person. Mm-hmm. Uh, that power changes them. If they do get into power, you know, it's going to make them less honest, less in, have less integrity. Like um, when uh, Julia ran for office. Which, <laughs> <laughs> when, I mean, she had to go through all kinds of machinations, and there was all kinds of intrigues behind the scenes, and that if she was going to win, she would have to play dirty, right? I don't know about well, that. Well, I don't think, uh, you know. And she, she didn't. She, she answered questions in the manner that, uh, was, you know, like I answered, uh, helped her answer her questions. So, you know, they were, they were somewhat obscured in the the nature of the answer. However, you know, she approved the answers. So I don't think that that's, that's about as dirty and as, uh, as, as you know, the biggest machinations that uh, I'd say she went through. But I, mean, I think what Lauren is saying is it tends to be true. I mean, when people well, get their hands on get, power. In order to win, you generally have to compromise your principles in some fashion or another. I would agree with that. However, what if you didn't? Uh, well, I don't think it would be possible to have, you know, have much effect or to get reelected. But uh, if well, that's okay. For, uh, the end of the the end game is not necessarily to always be elected. I um, mean, for instance, one of the purposes of running for office around here would be to just simply get your message out. I mean, again, Ron Paul didn't have much of a chance of getting elected, but because Ron Paul ran for president, we now have a new new mover that is uh, has moved to Keene, New Hampshire. So, I mean, there's some real tangible benefits that can come from playing their little game uh, because it's simply the, the reality is that the, the mainstream media does pay attention to these things and when the mainstream media pays attention it gives you a mouthpiece with which to spread your ideas and I think that's important and you know if you can if you do manage to get elected and uh, Lauren we you both you and I live in small towns we could very well get elected uh, with just you know <laughs> by accident or with just a, a few votes a few hundred votes would get you get you in so go look up Steve Rocco in on YouTube if you want to see a great example of someone who was elected by complete accident. <laughs> Steve Rocco on YouTube. Uh, yeah, Ron Paul wasn't, you know, he, he had to change to get elected. He had to become anti-immigrant and that, you know, that lessened him. Uh, he's I not agree. quite as the honest of a guy as you think he was. I had a hard he's time voting for him, I have to tell I, you. I agree that, that that bothered me. It bothered me, too. There's There were some things about his platform that bothered me, and, um, you know, I did vote for him in the uh, the primary. And, I, you know, as far as it went, if he was on a local level, and all those opinions actually mattered, because most of them don't on a local level, but, you know, if, if his opinions mattered in those areas, then I might not have done it because my vote would have been more significant. However, since my vote is high Highly diluted by the fact that well, I don't know, 150, 200 million people were going to vote in that election. Eh, 
I, I'd take the guy that was 96.25%. See, I don't think Ron Paul was actually anti-immigrant. I, th- I think he was being pragmatic in the sense that he realized that in our present socialistic system, what we've got going now with our foreign policy, that it wasn't really practical to have totally open borders. And I but, would agree with that. But what Lauren was that. saying was he had to sound as though he was uh, a little more anti-immigrant than he might have actually been in reality. Because we all know that when he was running in 1988 as the Libertarian Party candidate, he was very pro-immigration at that time. And he completely changed changed his tune. So there's no doubt truth to what it is that Lauren is saying is that these people will water down their message and then when they actually get their reins, the reins of power in their hands, there is a good chance it will infect them and it will it will change them. There's no doubt about that. However, that's not my responsibility as somebody who is uh, is participating as a defensive kind of a purpose. Right. But I wouldn't vote for Varen because I like Varen. <laughs> Thanks, Lauren. 800-259-9231. Well, Varen won't have to count on her vote because he would be in a different town. All right, so we continue with your phone calls and talk to Travis in Florida. Travis, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Travis. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Well, again, I was calling in about the voting. Yeah. Yes, you um, are. <laughs> well, um, one of the only reasons I have actually registered is I consider myself a voluntary anarcho-capitalist. Um, the reason that I registered was to vote for Ron Paul, and uh, I can say he was the only first person to have that close of, to my point of view as, as ever running during my lifetime. So it was enough. Ron Paul uh, was close enough to uh, to encourage an, anarch- an anarchist, a voluntarist, to actually come out of the woodwork and register to vote. Very interesting. Did and, you feel uh, dirty? And it did feel a little weird standing in line there in the government building and stuff, but I was also got to vote down a lot of amendments. Now they've got your name and address. Yeah, that was a mistake. I wish I hadn't have, uh, have actually registered to vote because now Sam from the Obscure Truth Network is actually claiming that one doesn't actually have to register to vote in order to vote in New Hampshire. So apparently they've built up this structure and they tell people certain things, which aren't necessarily, isn't necessarily true, uh, that apparently you can actually vote as an inhabitant instead of a, a resident and uh, you don't actually have to register. I don't know about all the details. That's from his initial look at, at uh, the, the, the situation up here. Of course, things in New Hampshire are a little bit different. I'm so, so used to having to go in and flash a driver's license in order to vote down in Florida, whereas here you just walk in and you tell them who you are. Uh, it's it's a much looser system up here. There's no doubt about that. Travis, thanks for the call yeah, tonight. I can't wait. Yes, sir. There. Looking forward to having you up here. Let's talk to James in Louisiana. James, you're on Free Talk Live. James. Hey, doing? hey what's on your yeah. mind tonight? Yeah, so I wanted to talk about uh, government schools. Please. And, uh, well, I wanted to find out what you guys thought about uh, what what would happen or what would have happened had we not uh, adopted the pression system for our our schools here in the U.S. Well, I mean, obviously anything could have happened. The Prussian system right. has done a lot of damage to the youth of America, generation after generation, building on the ignorance of uh, the prior generations, the government school system indoctrinating the youth to be good little serfs, good little citizens, uh, be obedient, not question the, not question authority, not question their premises, and to simply just, you know, be essentially good little worker drones. I mean, that's the reality of the Prussian system. That is what we have today. What could have happened could be anything, but obviously what I would have liked to have happened would have been uh, to just have the government never get involved in the first place. But as far as speculating on what could have happened, that's an impossibility. Right. Right. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I wish, uh, well, with my experience, it's been kind of uh, violent because, um, you know, 
with with my parents, I know if I got bad grades, I got you know uh, force put upon me, mm. uh, violence with a belt or whatever. Mm. And yeah, I don't so, think that's a good way to teach kids anything, personally. Yeah, I don't yeah. think it's particularly effective. Yep. So, yeah, thank that's... Uh, thank you for the call tonight. I, I appreciate hearing from you. Let's continue here quickly with uh, Johnny in Wisconsin. Johnny, you're on Free Talk Live. Johnny Hello? Wisconsin, you are on the air. Here's Johnny. Here you are. Good evening, gentlemen. How what's are you guys your, doing? Hey, what's on your mind, dude? you get got about 30 seconds. Um, Airwade. I would like to thank you guys for Airwade. I... Uh, had what? some DMT Airwid. last oh. night, a uh, recipe I found off Airwid. I was tripping my balls off. And you had, had really DMT, time. that's uh, known as the spirit, what is it called, the spirit mm. drug or something like that? Uh, the, it your was brain? Uh, a beardist tea my girlfriend made for her and me, and uh, yeah, we tripped balls last night. I was actually going to call on this show, but I was... <laughs> you couldn't dial the it. phone! Oh, good. Uh, so, what did you learn anyway. from Arrowhead in order to not lose your mind completely? What did you learn? Well, um, first actually, of all, Mark, actually, DMT is created... They read the experiences on Arrowhead and... Uh, and uh, follow the recipes accordingly. And uh, Call, call us back tomorrow night. We can talk more about this. We are out of time. Dosage uh, is important. Dosage when... is very important. Set and setting, very important. Uh, Arrowhead.org, great place to go to get real information. And DMT is actually created in your brain, so it's very natural to you. More tomorrow night. See you online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.